Pearl arrived just months after Ty West Sex to tell the story of a teenage girl who dreams of stardom at the tail end of World War I. But of course, she's also extremely unhinged, so let's see how the surprising prequel to X turned out. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hey, happy new year, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, Tim, they're gonna get this episode for like, at least <laughs> like three or four weeks. It still counts, people are probably still nestling in and getting all comfy in 2023. I, I imagine right. this will go out after the Megan episode. I think. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Assuming all goes to plan and we get to that uh, timely fashion. Yes, if all goes to plan. <laughs> if all goes to plan. But yes, welcome everyone. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together, we talk about a horror movie we've watched, and we're mm-hmm, finally mm-hmm. crossing off Peril, which has been on the to-do list for ages. The reason why we didn't do this when it came out is because <clears throat> the US release was in like September, and the mm-hmm. UK release... Well, technically, it's still not happened yet. Uh, the, the, basically, <laughs> the, the, I used the VPN to watch it uh, on 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 iTunes. So, my God, uh, it's, it's getting a release in March, I believe. So, we ain't waiting that long. Uh, Hell no. <laughs> so we're here. <laughs> um, we wanted to cross off. So yeah, this is a, a prequel to X, which came out last April ish, mm-hmm. April May. And it's the story in 1918 of Peril, uh, obviously. The the character who was an elderly woman, an ex, and obviously now we're getting uh, her kind of origin story, as it were. Uh, we'll start spoiler Not free. elderly in this, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that, that's correct, yes. <laughs> She's about, give or take, the same age that uh, Maxine was in an ex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give or take. Give or take, yeah. Give or take, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. <laughs> Don't you interrupt me when I'm trying to give the, the spoiler speech again, mm-hmm. son of a bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. so... Did I do something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> if you can blubber the way that Mia Goth can blubber, then I'll respect it, but I don't think you can. So... Yeah, I, well, usually when I, we're doing a sequel, I'll say, oh, there'll probably be some spoilers for the previous movie. But mm. given this is a prequel, it's a bit weirder, so we'll try and just not spoil X either when we're doing spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, yeah, we'll get into all the details after spoilers. But, uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, basic gist is, is that you know, she's living on the same farm that she ultimately will be living on an X, and she has uh, a German mother <coughs> who is very strict... Uh, doesn't really have time for any of of Pearl's daydreaming. She's like, nope. We were on a farm. You help milk the cows and pluck the chickens and whatever else we do. <laughs> feed and, the gator. Uh, feed. <laughs> <laughs> does she know about it? Does the mum know about the gator? I don't actually know. If That's she a does. good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, there's a gator in the lake, much like X. And yeah, so. Like, ultimately, it's about this young woman who dreams of being a movie star. It's 1918, you know, the end of the, the First World War. Uh, mm-hmm. Films at this point are silent films. It's early days, but she really likes dancing in films, so she daydreams a lot about that. And mm-hmm. it's about her wanting to try and break away from her controlling mother and escape and be a, a star. She wants to be a star. So it's all mm-hmm. about her dreams and ambitions. 
Uh, but of course you're thinking, it's a horror movie though, right? Yes, it is. Don't worry. Uh, I was she, just about to ask. She eventually does start, you know. She, she, she seems a bit unhinged at times, and then eventually, yeah, she will <laughs> snap and do some things, which definitely put it into the horror category. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's the uh, just the bit. And that's not really a spoiler because, you know, an ex, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing was that she was kind of, you know, murderous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as, as you do, you know. She has that kind of X factor, if you will. Uh, so, there you go. But yeah, Tim, uh, what, what do you think of uh, of, of Peril? Uh, so I actually liked it quite a bit, and it's kind of interesting because um, this is the second time I've watched it. I, I saw it when it was in theaters, and uh, I think I was a little cooler uh, the first time I saw it. Which um, I, I think there was about there's kind of two specific reasons for that. One was I saw it right after seeing uh, Barbarian, and mm-hmm. um, I, I really love Barbarian, and it was, um, you know, something that was really, like, exciting and, and new and fresh. So, <clears throat> you know, no, no offense to Pearl. You know, there's uh, a lot of good qualities and stuff about it. But I think um, when I left the theater, it just didn't give me that same high as Barbarian. Um, so I, I think that made me feel a little bit cooler on it. And then also, um, I really, really like X and... Um, this is a very different movie uh, than X. Um, mm. So, and it's kind of funny because I've you know listened to podcasts and stuff where people have talked about uh, you know both movies, and I do feel like I see a lot of people that are either like you know Team X or Team Pearl. Like you know, there's some people <laughs> that like love one or love the other, uh, which I totally understand because yeah, they're very different things. Like you know, X is kind of you know riffing on that whole like '70s kind of grimy you know, sleazy, like, exploitation kind of grindhouse movie, uh, while this is, you know, obviously doing, like, a, you know, very, like, old school, like, I don't even know, like, what time period you'd call these movies. Obviously, it takes place in, like, 1918, but... I mean, to put it in sort of perspective, it's intentionally very vivid, so it's got a sort of technicolor. Even though it's not really Mm -hmm. technicolor, it looks kind of technicolor, and it's, like, visual style, and it's got, like, a very orchestral, Mm in-your-face, like, score that is very sweeping and like it, it, it sort of like even takes like horror moments and applies like old school like score to it like old school you know like 30s 40s score like yeah like very like old school like mgm kind of yeah you know uh, like uh, i like i don't know it's not exactly like wizard of oz but that's kind of like the closest thing i, I can think to compare it because i don't have you know much uh time frame from like you know this kind of era of movies except for like you know like old black and white horror movies obviously but um yeah, it, like like, a, much like x was doing a riff on the 70s and it was it was, it was styled like that you know it was it was yeah. shot like one it was very gray <laughs> a lot of grain the the way the camera like sort of moved around and was edited all very much of the time period i would say that this still feels more modern than a classical movie but it definitely had like sure, a lot sure. of stuff in the you know in the color schemes and the music the way the characters talked was very old school movie style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So I think like when I first left the theater, like, you know, that stuff, you know, didn't play uh, as much to me. But watching it the second time, actually, um, I, I think was a lot warmer on it. Uh, and I kind of appreciated that, you know, more of what it was going for, uh, which, you know, again, it's yeah trying to be something, you know, different and is kind of you know, homaging, uh, you know, this different era, uh, of movies, uh, which is, is kind of cool. And especially in horror movies, I feel like, you know, we, that's not, uh, a typical thing <laughs> that we, you know, really see. So I, uh, admire the uniqueness to it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that, 
you know Mia Goth doesn't just absolutely like you know lose herself in this role. Like she is really great as Pearl. Like I um, would find it really hard. I mean, I guess you know probably some people don't like it, but yeah, I, I think she she's great and like you know there's plenty of lines and um, I think the big thing is like the monologue at the end that a lot of people were talking about you know, after seeing the movie. But uh, yeah, I mean she's great at this as this character and uh, it's. I don't know, it's a really interesting, like, character study, I think. Um, yeah, I think maybe it might, uh, it's not, like, super long, but maybe for some people it might take a, a little while for the horror to kind of start, but uh, I think it's well-learned, and the horror stuff, uh, you know, works for me. I think it's pretty cool, and uh, just kind of, like, outside of the film itself, it's just really interesting to kind of look at these movies and examine them, whereas, you know, not even a year ago, like, well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, uh, well, let's say, yeah, about like a year ago, like, yeah, most people didn't even have any idea that this was a thing that's coming. And now we have like a bona fide, you know, like franchise on our hands. Like, you know, they snuck in like two movies out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, like last year, which is just a, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not like, you know, it's never been done before or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's not something you really see. And then, you know, we have a, a new movie coming, I, I think this year, unless I don't know if there's, uh, unless it's, you know, 2024 or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's cool the the way they went about. And, you know, they're just like, as they're making one movie, they're like, hey, let's decide to make another one. Uh, and it's interesting to, you know, if you look at the movies uh, compared to each other and how they kind of complement each other and how very different they are. Uh, so, yeah, you know thumbs up for me <laughs> yeah um, yeah the third one is going is called maxine i'm not sure exactly when it's meant to be released but that's that was announced a little bit after the fact and that actually is more of a real sequel in the sense that it, it like you know it's after x came out and even after pearl came out they said okay you know what um that's that's green light a sequel yeah. pearl's kind of a weird thing because it was basically just they got to the end of making x x hasn't come out yet and they said let's shoot another movie <laughs> and I think one of the things that surprised me about this film watching it is that, you know, it's set in 1918, is that there was a lot more... I mean, it's, it's not like a ton. Like, I'm sure if you add them up, it's not actually that much. But they mm -hmm. had to recreate an older time period for this movie. And there is a couple mm -hmm. of scenes where Pearl goes to town and you see, like, some, like, a street and you see, you know, there's at least one car in the movie of the time period and it's, you know, super old school. Like, it had a bit higher production value than I think I was expecting, given that it was... All, I mean, I don't want to say on a whim, because movies just don't happen on a whim. But mm. relative to most movies, this was on a whim. It was like, let's just do something fun whilst we're still around. Because, you know, it's set at the same house for the most part, and the farm and whatnot. But I, I could be wrong, but I think, like, yeah, like, they had, like, you know, the crew and the sets, and I think, you know, Ty West and Mia Goth were talking a lot about the character, and they, you know, as they were kind of informing the character, they came up with his backstory and then ended up writing this together and then yeah you know it was just like yeah like you said like almost yeah like on a whim like just being like hey like why not just make it yeah and i mean obviously yeah it was funded the money came from somewhere it's not just like they, it's not like they, they did a it few extra me. weekends yeah. <laughs> always you it wasn't time, was it? I, yeah <laughs> was, ty called me up i was like mm, <laughs> sounds interesting yeah so let me dip into patreon money <laughs> it, it's you know, it, it's, it's just a, a fun little idea that it, it comes a bit more organically than <laughs> just having a prequel for prequel's sake. And I think that's one of the interesting yeah. things about watching it is... Cause like I, imagine I, them doing this on a Marvel movie. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige's like, hey, what if the Hulk actually <laughs> did his own thing? Because, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like the movie too. And I think one of the interesting things about watching it is that I don't tend to like prequels. Prequels usually annoy me. <gasps> 
right? Because most prequels suck, right? There's very few that aren't, right? Better Call Saul's like the one big, like, yeah, that's that's good. That's damn good. Mm-hmm. But most prequels, they fall into this trap of it's just about teasing things that we recognize or know, and it's just about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of all the worst things about legacy sequels where they just, like, live to reference it's the first movie. But it's constant even... winks and... Yeah. yeah. But it's even more annoying because it's, like winks and nudges that are you know because they're like oh we're not supposed to even the characters are made to know about this yet wink wink you know yeah and the so, worst ones are like you know overly explaining stuff that like no one ever had questions about like yeah yeah hey why does this character wear a bow tie like all right well <laughs> you know, when they were a kid they got hit with a bow tie like you know it's like uh, dumb shit like that yeah. and i've not even seen solo but the fact that they felt the need to explain why he's called solo is if most people just didn't just assume it's that so was dumb. his name uh, like, yeah. it's, it's baffling so just the stupid <laughs> shit like that and i think this movie because it was made by the creators before the the, the first the original film that it's a prequel to even came out like mm. i feel like they didn't know what yeah i mean they could maybe guess but they didn't know what people were going to latch on to they didn't know what people were going to meme or reference more than other mm. scenes you know what which particular things were going to stand out they had to just do it based on what was important to the writing and making the movie so it inherently makes anything that's in this that's teasing or like ties into something in X feel more organic and feel more natural. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one slight exception that I didn't like, but for the most part, anything that does thematically tie to X felt really like, oh, that feels cool. It feels like it's in the same world. It feels like thematically mm-hmm. it's relevant, but it doesn't feel like you're beating me over the head with, um, oh, that's where she got that locket from. That you know, like yeah. it, it, there's, there's, <laughs> there's like almost none of that. It, it's all just the character building. And building her up into what she is, and sort of you can imagine her becoming eventually the old woman in in peril, which is why it's not a you know spoiler to say she survives this because obviously she does. She's in right. She's in, she's in the next. Uh, so no, yeah. no, they're two extremely different movies, and really they you know stand on their own very well. Which I thought. makes me fascinated by about what Maxine's going to be because if, if too, yeah. you know if if, if X is this very seventies uh, grain to like I. Given the logo for Maxine, all I can imagine is like a neon-filled, like yeah. '80s style movie, and I, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really interested. Yeah, uh, and then maybe in like you know 25 years they can do uh, the you know the Dark Pearl Returns, and it's like old age Mia Goth and like present. Assuming she doesn't die at the end of Maxine, because I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's like a thing I was thinking about too. Is like if. You know, uh, if they really like this Pearl character, I mean, you have... Well, actually, uh, if... say, now I'm thinking about it, it's not actually Pearl that's in Maxine, it's this Mia Goth's younger right, character yeah. from X that's in... But you know what I mean, like, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, like, you know, if they... You know, it, it, it does feel like, you know, they're trying to kind of make a franchise out, out of this uh, world or whatever, which, uh, I'm, which, if they keep being good, you know, I'm totally okay with. And, yeah, if they really like Pearl and want to latch onto her, I mean, yeah, they have, like, what about 50 something years between Pearl and X that or if they want to do more <laughs> yeah they could oh true yeah if they want to go back and do more Pearl specific movies yeah they could do that I I think what's interesting to me though is that even with a third one announced it still doesn't feel like a like a cash grab to me it still feels like yeah it feels mm-hmm. like a group of filmmakers just making something because they want to make it and not because not for any other reason <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like Maxine's happening I mean sure X did relatively well and I think Pearl did okay <laughs> I don't think it's happening because a24 on the phone and go ty read another hit ty we're ready to throw money at you make us another pearl and uh x movie i don't think it's that i I think 
they do well enough that the, the studio are happy to fund it but I, I think it's it feels like Ty West and Mia Goth are just like let's make another one let's just let's go yeah. on <laughs> and that's far more interesting and less egregious to me than give us Fast and the Furious 25 <laughs> right. please you know I, yeah. so I mean yeah maybe if they keep going and we end up with like seven of these it may start to feel a bit weird but <laughs> I, 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 these two feel so distinctly different that uh, a third one uh, that again promises to feel different just based on these two like yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think it's like you know uh it, it's a compliment to say that like one of the biggest reasons uh you know that i'm excited for the this next one is because i yeah i want to see how it's going to be different like what they're going to do like because yeah at this point you have you know uh two you know very like time period specific movies that are doing like two very different things so it's like yeah i want to keep seeing <laughs> you, well, know, uh, you know we, we said how the different styles a big asset and it's not doing mm-hmm. too many prequely things that feel unf- like feel forced the other big strength is absolutely that it's different it's not it's not trying to be a slasher movie like uh, yeah. x was it's, it's it's a slow burning film building up to the main character uh becoming more you know murderous and snapping yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, it couldn't be more different from from X, despite feeling very much like it belongs in the same mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So, you know, and even just starting on a similar shot, looking through the barn doors, but it's more more vivid and colorful, and the green mm-hmm. of the grass really pops. The blue of the sky is like, it's, <laughs> this beautiful, tranquil, old school looking shot. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into the cynicism <laughs> as the movie goes on. So, yeah. Not a good time. Uh, if you're asking, like, you know, what do I prefer? Do I prefer X or do I prefer Pearl? Mm-hmm. Do I come down the side of that debate? Um, I mean, yeah, like, I, I think I prefer X a bit, but like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's by that much. Like, because I, I think this yeah. is um, a really strong, very different film that adds mm-hmm. to the my enjoyment of X, mm-hmm. mainly because it, diff- it is so different. So, uh, yeah, no, but. I, yeah, I I think my uh on my first watch through, I probably would have said like, oh no, I I like the X way better. And then after watching again today, I think uh, I still prefer X, uh, but uh, I think it is definitely less of a gap. Like I appreciate it a lot more on the second watch, and I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I actually really like them both. I probably prefer X a little bit, but yeah, I appreciate what yeah each one is doing. And you know, to give a a positive that I do think it has over x Mm -hmm. is i would say mia goth's performance in this is better like as far as the performance goes she -hmm. gets to just like act her ass off in this like this is this is like a i mean it's no wonder that she's behind the conception of this because this this is like made for the main character the main actor in this gets to just act and monologue for minutes on end at one point like this is this is Mm -hmm. an actor's showpiece of a movie Mm -hmm. no yeah i definitely agree with that like uh in x i honestly like I mean, maybe it's a little bit informed after having seen the movie, but while I was first watching X, I wouldn't even have picked Mia Goth as, like, being the main character. Like, you know, it's a small ensemble cast, but there was a couple people that I kind of thought, you know. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I I wouldn't have necessarily thought she was going to be the final girl in X for mm -hmm. a while, but then also I wouldn't have... Like even after watching the movie, I wouldn't even necessarily say that she was my favorite of the cast. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, she was really good, and obviously she's playing two roles, which is a you know a big ask and uh, all the rest of it. But it's mm-hmm. a te- but, but that movie is good because it has such a good ensemble. Like they're all kind of likable characters that are kind of bouncing off each other. There's a lot of wit in an X. Um, Remember that uh, <laughs> was a uh, Jenna Ortega <laughs> was an X. 
I do remember that, yes. Like, isn't that, like, crazy? Like, she was in X Scream and, like, you know, not something that you enjoy, but Wednesday was something that a lot of people seem to like, but, like, that's kind of, like, you know, a pretty big, like, year for yeah, she's horror be, things she was in. I think there's a couple of actors like that who just seem to have all of a sudden become, like... Not scream queens necessarily, like a but thing yeah, like, like Jared, yeah, yeah. In one year, Jenna Ortega's went from being almost no one to mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> she's a recognizable actor in in horror stuff now, uh, <laughs> and she's in at least one more scream movie. So, yeah, yeah, uh, and probably season two of Wednesday, unless Netflix cancelled yeah. it. Although Netflix are cancelling everything <laughs> left and right, so who knows? Did you end up? Uh, I assume you didn't watch the whole show, but did you watch like the first episode to review? I did watch the first episode right. of Wednesday. You yes. must have hated it, I imagine. I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, I thought the plot and like, most of the okay. supporting cast were eh, but I thought she herself was good, and I thought she bounced off mm. really well with her roommate. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. The the line, um, Wednesday, you almost had attempted murder on your, res- uh, on your like permanent record. How does that make you feel? Humiliated people will know I failed to get the job done. I mean, that's a funny line. Like, what? That's good. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> Honestly, like, I wish though, because I we we actually watched the the whole thing, uh, and um, I wasn't like super into it. My wife liked it uh, a, a bit more than me, uh, but like, yeah, I, I wish there was more humor like that. Like, it felt like y- you know, the, there's a it was going a lot more for like the CW kind of. Uh angles well did you notice who the showrunners were um it was like something miller and alfred was it alfred go or something like that yeah i'll go off and males miller uh so they they I, I don't know the exact shows but they did some dc show right or or is it all the dc shows i don't know no, are they, they like did, the smallville that one that's smallville oh okay okay that's why it's familiar all right it's <laughs> literally just smallville they didn't do any just other ones <laughs> i mean technically they were working on the aquaman spinoff that never happened but i mean oh jeez, yeah <laughs> hopefully james gunn can uh, get on that and <laughs> write that ship <laughs> oh dear um so yeah yeah but pearl's very good so i guess we'll like have a spoiler <laughs> warning and we'll, we'll get into to pearl and all, all the all the juicy details uh, it makes sense to go on a, a little bit of a DC tangent because, you know, the pearls are so uh, important <laughs> in, in DC lore. Well, yes, they always fall to the, the ground in Crime Alley <laughs> on the night that the Waynes are taken from their mortal coil. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, so I want to give a shout out to maybe such a, just the, the perfect... It, so the one thing I didn't like in terms of a reference or a wink to uh, to X... Was when she eventually goes to cause the whole movie. She's got, you know, wanting to go to this audition for a dancing show thing, and she goes mm-hmm. to the audition. She does a dance, and the, the the judge after says, you know, we're looking for something different. We're looking for someone with the X factor. And I I, I wouldn't say it feels forced because I think it, it fits in the context of the scene. But I I was I heard that they actually said it out loud because I thought the visual of the start of the scene was perfect, which was her. She steps on the the X. X. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. her mark on the stage is an X and white tape. Which, I mean, typically, most marks I've seen on stages in, like, TV productions tend to just be either a line or... Mm-hmm. If anything, I would say they were a cross more than an X, but it's completely believable that someone would just angle it differently, right? Because it's the same purpose. Sure. Works the same. Mm-hmm. So just this visual of her stepping onto an X was like, oh my god, that was perfect. That was the perfect, like, mm-hmm. connection thematically to, you know, 
to, to yeah. I, thought, I thought that was just a really great little touch. It, it worked really well. The other obvious things to bring up, obviously, is the alligator in the water mm-hmm. uh, who has laid eggs. So I don't know if the alligator in the water is meant to be... Because I don't know how, how long the alligators live, Tim. <sighs> great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. I imagine, like, they're... I, honestly, I, th- I think alligators are, are kind of scary. Uh, so <laughs> I imagine they're, like, one of those, like, infernal beasts that, like will just live forever until like you know something else kills it oh no uh in the wild they can live up to 35 to 50 years so okay i have to assume that the gator and x is the offspring of yeah uh the one in this then yeah that yeah. makes more sense it does say in captivity they can live from 65 to 80 so maybe if pearls like feeding it well <laughs> yeah possibly uh maybe but yeah okay okay mm. interesting uh so yeah uh the other thing as well of course is that pearl loves to go to the movies which you know again mm-hmm. silent silent film era she likes the dancing uh and one of the things that was playing early on is they never give you the name of him but the projectionist starts like talking to her and I thought, oh, maybe this will turn out to be her husband in the future, mm-hmm. right? Because we never hear his name. Uh, and not that I remembered his name from the X anyway. It was Howard, which turns out, yeah. of course, to be her actual husband in this. Because she's already married at the start. Her husband uh, is off fighting in World War One, And that's kind of a, a running thing that's brought up throughout the, the movie. And given that her parents are German, obviously their heritage is, is brought up as well. But... So she goes to see this this uh, projectionist because uh, he, you know, he comes in a little strong. And obviously, he's a bit older, and it's like, uh, you know, has he been a little predatory here? Uh, it's hard yeah. to tell. <laughs> but but at the same but at the same time, it's like we know Pearl's also quite predatory herself. So uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's kind of a weird dynamic. But he says, "Hey, you can come back and see stuff for free anytime. Just knock on this door, and I'll let you in." Which is like, okay, mm-hmm. you clearly like it, right? You're in. You're into her. That doesn't, sure, yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be predatory. It could just be, okay, he likes her and, like, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And he then, feels a little sleazy, but, like, yeah, to be fair, he doesn't, like, you know, initiate, like, physical contact well, or anything, I guess, like... He definitely feels sleazy when she goes to see him. There's one thing particular that makes him feel sleazy to me mm-hmm. is okay. she goes into... So he's got this back room where he, he projects the films from the back of the theatre, mm-hmm. and she comes in, and she's put on a dress to come and see him, and they're talking about stuff and what she wants to do and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, hey, so what do you want to watch tonight? And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, this movie. Like, oh, no, you've seen that before. How about something that no one else has seen? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and he puts it on and it turns out to be a very early porn movie. <laughs> and so, we, and she saw like bent over looking through the- when they, uh, when they showed that scene, did you do like the, the Leo meme where you pointed at the screen? You're like, I recognize that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I might have made that that same motion. And went bush, bush. I see bush. <laughs> but no. So she's watching this through, like you know, one of the the, the holes up in the production booth, right? And the way it's framed is he's kind of behind her, and I, I really thought it was going to start like unbuckling his belt and like, oh yeah, like yeah, go yeah. for it. Because and I'm like, this is actually really creepy, dude. You just put on a porn without like permission, <laughs> especially in a time period where. You know, she wouldn't necessarily know what that is because this doesn't yeah. really exist yet. You know, it's kind of a new mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then he's, but the, the thing that really stuck out to me though is afterwards he says, "Hey, you could be in, you could be in movies like that." I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> women love to hear that. <laughs> you could do par." <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Now he says, I'd pay to see it. It's a bit creepy, you know? It's a bit... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is like an intentional thing uh, to, one, co- you know, contrast how different she is from other women because he's the one that's really kind of in danger, but also the idea of, like, making you feel not super sympathetic when she eventually does oh, decide sure. to kill him, you know? There's a yeah. little bit of that, maybe. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? Were you, were you, did you think this was going to turn out to be the husband, that he was going to be into the killing, or, like, what, what, what were you feeling? Uh, it, it's a little tough, because since I'd already seen it before, yeah, I, obviously I knew. Well, uh, I mean, the first time you watched it, Tim, not, not this time. I know, but I, know, but I, I don't remember my uh, exact thoughts <laughs> from that. That was, like, you know, uh, a couple of months ago. Um. So yeah, I, 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 honestly, I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what I remember thinking. Uh, excuse me for trying to prod some questions into you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Next time, uh, I'll I'll take notes <laughs> when I <laughs> know we're gonna record four months later. Or whatever. <laughs> oh dear. Uh. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, so you know they, they sort of build the thing. She ends up getting back to him at one point in the movie when she has like a fight with the the. Fight. It's, it's after she she. Uh, it's after the, 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 the real fight. Yeah, she's not quite yeah. dead yet, but yeah, it's after the real fight where her mother gets set on fire, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the most visually, you know, spectacular death. I would say is the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of shocking because like her. There's, like, one scene, you know, where they're kind of, like, fighting and pushing up against each other, and, like, her dress is near, like, the fireplace or whatever, and you can kind of see it starting to catch fire, but then, like, in the next scene, she's, like, fully engulfed. <laughs> like, she's, like, running around, like, just, like, like a giant human torch. It's I mean, you say wild. next scene, it's really the, the next, the very next shot. It just yeah, like, the, to next the next second, shot. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, obviously... And it's kind of funny, she dumps the, like, uh, soup or potatoes or, like, whatever. Oh, no, it was, it was, uh, it was the boiling water, the the corn the cobs were in (laughs) because because a couple of the corn the cobs looks like her (laughs) um i was like did you think boiling water would help the situation pearl did you you think that was going to now obviously we know she's kind of murderous so maybe she meant it maybe maybe she's like oh i'll pretend like i'm helping oops oh it's boiling water i could never have (laughs) predicted that that, maybe uh i guess it's the perfect time not to talk about her family life then and her her parents Mm. and her relationship with her parents uh so her dad's sick He's in a wheelchair, he can't really move for himself, he can't speak, he's, you know, effectively just sitting there paralyzed, like, the entire time. Uh, he can, like, maybe swallow food, and that's about it. Mm. And there's a lot of weird stuff early on, which, again, sets up some of the more risque, like, themes that are in the film, where, like, she'll take mm. a bath, like, in front of him, and the mother thinks this is weird, and she's like, well, I didn't want to waste the hot water. But she's, you know, she's bathing completely naked. And, you know, she's like, I don't know how much age she's maybe here, like 20, something like that. That's what it seems like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could even be 80. I mean, people marry young, <laughs> like, in this yeah, time yeah, period. Yeah. Um, but, but there's one scene when she's in the bath and she gets up and she just kind of, like, holds on. Like, she pinches him in the, the hand. He doesn't react. Yeah. And then she mm-hmm. starts squeezing his neck and basically just saying stuff like, well, maybe I should, you know put you out your misery and like this is you know yeah. and, which actually is a really funny scene where she's going to throw him into the the lake with the alligator mm. which maybe I'm sick for thinking that's funny but it was Joe was making me think yeah. of Joe was making me think of Tim see if you can guess what movie it was making me think of 
A young mm. person try to dispose of an, an older person in a wheelchair. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I know this isn't it, it, but I was thinking of Mac and me. <laughs> the kid in the wheelchair goes over the, <laughs> the cliff. <laughs> no, I was thinking the pet, but that's also a good guess. That's oh, an excellent guess. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's a very good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so she's got him on the edge of the, 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 the little pier, and she's like, you know, I, I, you're loved, Dad. You, don't worry, you're loved. But, you know, I think I should put you out of your misery so I can leave this farm mm. and not have to be stuck here. Uh, and it just so happens that the mother kind of catches and like because she's been watched she has to stop but it sets up this thing that the mother is kind of aware that her daughter's got like homicidal tendencies that she hurts <laughs> animals you know when yeah. she's not looking you know early on she takes a pitchfork to a goose to feed the alligator mm-hmm. and i think for a lot of the film you're kind of sympathetic for, for peril because it feels like her mother is really strict on her won't let her do anything oh, sure. she wants it's like no your life is to work on the farm and just like mm. eat to survive and no more no fun no dreams no nothing mm. um which feels you know inappropriate and it feels like really controlling but then as mm. we find out that she actually knows that pearl has got like a dark side and she has this like thirst to kill people and it's been kind of growing you know you hear this a lot with serial killers that they start off with animals and they kind of you know escalate as as time goes mm. on uh it's like oh, okay okay we kind of understand a little bit better why she is so like you know controlling over um so yeah so we, we get a lot of confrontations with them uh which leads to her sneaking out to go see the projectionist and things like that the big culmination of it though is uh when they just start fighting at dinner where the mother's honest about you know what she's seen her do and that you can't be in public with people because people might actually start to notice what you're really like you might trick them for a while but eventually they'll notice that you're you've got a dark side and mm-hmm. They get so fighty that they start pushing and shoving, and like you said, they're up next to the fireplace, and the mum's dressed <laughs> catches fire, and she engulfs in flames, uh, and Pearl puts her in the basement. She's actually still alive for like a day, though, because she's like banging on the door the next day when she comes back after having sex with the uh, projectionist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fun times, <laughs> as it were. Uh, and she just leaves the dad sitting at the dinner table overnight. It's like true horror, you know, uh, if like you're looking at things like from the dad's perspective, like just being unable to move or speak or like warn anyone of any danger. And then like, yeah, constantly having your daughter like say these weird, like crazy things to you. I, I mean, from his perspective, like he's seen this take place, right? Pouring the hot water over to put out the fire. Yeah, great plan. And then she leaves. And when she comes back the next day, he's still sitting there in front of the dinner table and <laughs> she introduces him to what seems to be a new boyfriend. And obviously this, yeah. you know, the projectionist doesn't know anything. He's just sort of being polite. But she's sort of yeah. hugging him. And the, the dad knows she's married to someone. <laughs> like, it's yeah. the, the whole thing is just... Like... It's, it's equally like more of a comedy, but also more of a horror movie if you view, view it through, through his eyes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's so dark that it becomes kind of hilarious, just how ridiculous it is. But, yeah, so, uh, and, yeah, so, yeah. But, and then, like, it's, I, I do think it is actually, like, uh, this scene here, like, once uh, you kind of see the projectionist, like, um, like, once, like, kind of, you, you see, like, the wheels starting to turn in his head that, like, something's not right with Pearl. It's actually, like, really mm. funny. A lot of his, like, reactions and uh you do kind of feel bad for him because like he just very clearly wants to leave and um 
and it's not like the last time this happens too where someone just wants to get away from pearl uh, oh no it's a running theme in this movie (laughs) (laughs) they just like those and you know kudos for i I feel like a lot of them kind of you know i feel like they're saying the right thing because you know they're not like being overly aggressive or anything but they are trying to be like very reasonable and be like Oh, I'm really sorry, but yeah, I just gotta go. Like, what? no, what are you talking about? Is nothing's wrong with you? Like, I'm not mad at you. I just I gotta get back to work. You know, there's just please, but you know, like it, it's really good acting because like you can just tell like the underlying emotion is that they're like, dear God, like I need to get away from this woman. Yeah, it, it kind of you know he hears some noises, which is the mother banging the door. She says it's a dog, and then they go out to the farmhouse, and she says a couple of other creepy things, including that she doesn't have a dog. And he's like, well, you just said you had a dog. And then he says, and she yeah. didn't even try to like cover up and go like, oh no, I meant like we have a dog in the house, but not like a dog. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't even say anything. Yeah. And, and th- then he just sort of says, I need go back to work. And I think if he'd said something like, and cause he says, I'll see, I'll see you later. And she's like, when? And so if he just said, it, it should have just made a plan. So, well, uh, how about, you know, tomorrow night? Like, you know, you know if he'd made a plan, yeah. maybe it would have smoothed things over a little bit. But she just started yelling because he, he sort of offhand mentioned, oh, maybe, you know, we could travel to Europe together. And maybe that was mm-hmm. bullshit. Maybe he just wanted a one night stand and he was going to ditch her. But the fact that mm-hmm. he drove her home, though, and willingly came in and met her parent, at least I think mm-hmm. it says that maybe he was open to some kind of ongoing relationship, but then over sure, the course... Like if she wasn't crazy. <laughs> yeah, but over the course of, like, a five-minute period, she proved to be a complete psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she just sort of yells, uh, like, are you ever going to take me to Europe, you liar? You, something, something. Mm-hmm. And she yells mm-hmm. at the top of her lungs, and he just sort of stands there and goes, you're scaring me, Pearl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's really great and it's uh and honestly it's kind of like a i don't know i hope this doesn't sound like crazy but like i i do find like pearl like kind of like relatable in this scene though because she's like i thought you were going to say attractive (laughs) you went even further than i thought you were going to say okay let me go well just like i mean obviously like i i haven't been in like situations exactly like this but you know i've definitely been in situations where like you know i thought i was like good friends with someone or 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 even if you want to talk about like romantic Mm. partners like i've gone on like uh you know um back when i was single and i would do more like uh i'd go on like online dates and stuff and uh, there'd be like a lot of times where i i thought the date would go really well and then um yeah i just like never hear back from the person (laughs) or whatever so like you know part of you does kind of want to go like like what pearl says she's like like you know it's just something like oh well, what's wrong like what i like what's different like now like you said you like me before but now you don't <laughs> like uh i think there is something to that to being like oh yeah like you know th- there are times when uh you know sometimes you're in a situation like that and you kind of just want to blurt that out but usually you're you know at least for me i'm like that's eh, too awkward to actually say that stuff but of course and uh, yeah. by saying it you're just confirming that you're not worth revisiting basically right yeah too, like if you're too you... unhinged <laughs> Yeah, like the the more you talk, the more it's like less likely they're gonna actually maybe you know come back later or change their mind or something. <laughs> I'm realizing a lot of parallels here with this scene, this section of the film in particular, and uh, Banshees of Inshinner and uh... oh, good film. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, is it weird that like I saw like a lot of people saying like, oh man, like this movie's uh, the you know Banshees of. Uh, I, I, I never know how to say it. I always forget. In, Inchirum or whatever. Inchirum, uh, I think. <laughs> Inchirum. 
uh i saw so many people being like oh man it's a great movie but it's so dark and like after i watched it, i was like actually i thought it was kind of funny <laughs> like oh it's really funny it's, it, but there's like a dark undertone to it is what yeah. you know what it's about um yeah are we rowing uh, that's not an Irish accent. That's just me doing a voice to indicate that I'm not doing my voice. Uh, I can't do an Irish accent. Honestly, I feel like if if people want to know the future of this podcast, I think if they watch <laughs> the Banshees, that's just such an obvious joke for you to make. This is so <laughs> obvious. I mean, that, that's all it's going to be. Someday you're just going to log on, and I'm just going to I'm just going to not be there. And... Wait, what? What? Why are you the one who's ignoring me? Why? Why isn't it me ignoring you? Well, I, I think. You know, you're the one that's a bit more dull. I'm the one that'll be going off trying to create like the perfect comic book or something. How dare you? I look forward to receiving some fingers. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think one of the things we have to talk about Pearl, uh, particularly in the. the like her sexual desires because obviously sex is a big theme of x and it's, it is a theme here as well it's not as you know it's not it's not it's not at the forefront in this one but it is definitely there um this idea that she is sexually repressed active and you know to the point where she's so horny after her first meme with the projectionist that she dry humps <laughs> a scarecrow Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> she goes, she goes into into like a cornfield, takes a scarecrow, and she's like dancing with it at first, and then starts kissing it. Imagines it's the projectionist, gets mad because she's married, and says, "I'm married," <laughs> and then starts dry humping it. And I'm like, "Okay, you've got some built up tension in there." I, I feel like you, you know, like, um, you know, yeah. give them both the Oscar right now. <laughs> <laughs> what her and the scarecrow? Yeah, <laughs> this is a great scene. It was a good scene. I mean, I'm not denying it was a good scene, but you know, it's it's hard not to uh, look at the, a woman dry humping a scarecrow and think, "Damn, she's thirsty." It's true. <laughs> uh, scarecrow was kind of hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> quality to him yeah <laughs> i actually did think he was kind of creepy uh which you know made, made the scene you know work even better <laughs> yeah well i mean i think it's a, a mix of things because you know obviously the film builds up to her big monologue later on where she talks about how she didn't really like feel anything for the guy she married she married her, her husband because she thought he would take her away from the farm and it kind of like builds nope. this idea that the, the sexual like frustration and the built-up tension was maybe something that already existed even when he was around. Like, yeah, maybe she had sex with him, but maybe it wasn't fulfilling, like, her actual needs. Well, we know that she did have sex with him because later she talks about having his getting pregnant. True, true, yes. Okay, so they definitely had sex at least once, yeah. (laughs) Very true. Um, But it it does feel like there's this... And obviously, I think the the pairing of the desire to kill and the desire for sex, obviously, I think... Yeah, you because know, for most killers, killing is like a, a a sexual act of some kind. It's something to get off on. <laughs> All right, if you say so, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience, Timothy. <laughs> dare you? <laughs> no. So yeah, so there's all these like teases and the tension building up, and all these little ticks on her performance as these things are happening. 
Um, we get introduced to her sister-in-law and kind of her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law is at a distance, in fact. Her mother-in-law tries to give uh, Pearl's mother a, like a pig, <coughs> like a dead pig, like a roast <laughs> as a gift. And she leaves it on the porch and it just sort of collects maggots and shit. And then at the end, she actually puts it on the table with the family and it's like uh, really disgusting. But we meet her sister-in-law. Good horror visual. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, it's almost like the house is starting to become the Texas Chainsaw style house at the end. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, but she meets her, her mother, or her sister-in-law, sorry, and she's like this, you know, slightly ditzy, but kind of upper-class blonde woman who's like, oh, they're doing additions for this dancing thing. I would really like to win it. They're going to tour, like, a couple of states or something with this dancing show. And Pearl sees this as her chance, and she wants to go to it, um... And it is, she, she says she wants to practice a couple of times, but we never actually see her actually practice, which I thought was an interesting t- choice. It was, because I think part of it is that when she eventually gets the no, we're not looking, you know, we're looking for someone else, not really you. And it's this big, like, you know, we get this big dance sequence where she's dancing and the background becomes like a big proper, like, background drop to what she's doing. And it's this big performance and, you know, Mia Goth's putting her heart and soul into <laughs> it. And then she stops in her final pose and the guy just says, yeah, sorry, uh, you're good, but we're, we're not what we're looking for. Um, like uh, I do have a question about that scene. Uh, well, I was going to say that that moment. I think that the idea that she expected this and just assumed that she would get it is, and without seemingly even really practicing, from what we can tell, I oh, think yeah, there's, yeah. there's like an entitlement and like a delusion quality to it. It's not. It's not that she's practicing, practice is really good and just didn't quite get it. There's kind of a delusional mm-hmm. element to it. But yeah, we can sit down. Oh, just like the, I was curious with the dance number, like, is she supposed to be good or not? Because uh, the, it, it does like end up turning into like a really, you know, cool sequence once you have like, you know, the kind of the, the background and, and stuff like come in. But that's uh, all in our like, head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like when she's actually like dancing in, in front of them, like it looks a little silly to me, but also I don't know what dancing was like around this time. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, th- that's the one thing I was having trouble with is like, all right, is she supposed to be good, uh, but just not what they're looking for? Or is it like, oh yeah, she's embarrassingly like kind of bad. It looked know? in time and stuff. I mean, I, I can't really judge dancing either beyond the layman's, yeah. you know, first look <laughs> at it. Um, but she starts crying immediately, uh, and saying, like wailing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm a star. I'm a star. And this all builds up yeah. to the monologue. Cause this, cause the sister-in-law, you know, she's only in a couple of scenes. She's in the scene where we first meet her. Mm-hmm. And then she's in this scene outside waiting to go in. And afterwards where she takes her home, she's like, well, let me take you home, Pearl. Cause Pearl's just sitting there crying. And when they mm-hmm. get home and it's a really good mirroring of, X because X has that scene where they're sitting having the lemonade or whatever oh, it is yeah, in the yeah. kitchen mm-hmm. and it's very intentionally kind of a callback to that where they're sitting down Jeez. there's a couple of glasses of like milk or something already sitting on the table and mm-hmm. Mia Goth like at first like it cuts back to the sister-in-law a couple of times but then once she gets into it more and more the camera just stays in a close-up of Mia Goth the entire time mm-hmm. and it's just her acting her her heart out she's she's blubbering and she's talking she's admitting that she had an affair with some guy even though it was one she's admitted she's killing people she admits that she didn't really care about her husband it was just like she hated living on the farm with her parents she thought oh this husband who's from a nice family will take me away back to their place and i'll have a nicer life and the sad part about all this of course the self-realization is that you know but first of all it's legitimately quite funny when it cu- finally cuts back to the sister-in-law and she sits there <laughs> quietly for like 30 seconds just moving her hands and then goes, I think I need to go. <laughs> like, yeah. just, you know, that, that legitimately, I found that quite funny. 
But one of the things her mother said know. to her earlier on was that, you know, people will eventually realize what you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the really interesting part of this is that her finally unloading all this means that her sister-in-law is seeing who she really is and she is scared mm-hmm. of her by the end of the scene. And yeah. it's like, it's just proving her mother right. And like, mm-hmm. it's this realization that she was right and I'm doomed. I'm doomed to be this and not be a star because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, and obviously the sister-in-law leaves and uh, we get broad daylight. Pearl just walks out with an axe and she, the sister-in-law starts running and Pearl just chases her down and starts whacking her in the back mm-hmm. with an axe as she begs to spare <laughs> her life. And of course she doesn't because, you know. Yeah, I mean, altogether, all yeah, a great scene. I mean, <coughs> uh, yeah, the monologue is great. Uh, you know, Mia Goth does a you know good job and it's, uh, it's kind of crazy like how long it keeps going on. Like just kind of when you think like, maybe she's gonna wrap it up like you know she brings up some new like thing to to unload about and uh you know it it's a lot of stuff that like you know people in polite society like wouldn't say that today but like imagine like you know people are so like repressed like in that time period that uh all the things she's saying must be like you know it's just like so confounding like like who would ever say this like oh my gosh um and then yeah I mean, like you said it, to, to put it in context the movie's 103 minutes long and this monologue mm-hmm. i checked was eight minutes uh oh. that's basically eight <laughs> percent of the whole movie is just this one speech <laughs> from her it, it, that's actually that's quite funny. you know like that puts it in perspective like just her sitting there holding because the, it, it was so funny is that it's very impressive from a, a performance perspective and you know, we've, we've, we knew that she's had a husband this whole time, but we've never really heard anything about him. Like, we don't really know anything yeah, about yeah. the husband. Like, there's, there's it's this... not really a character, like... No, there's, yeah. there's this looming idea that he might come back or he might get killed in the war, but, like, we don't really know anything about him. So this was actually quite interesting, finally, hearing all this, and, like, this was, this is the backdrop to, like, what this story is. Because when you first meet Pearl at the start of the movie, it's like, okay, she's daydreaming about dancing, and her mother tells her to snap out of it because this is your life. And it's like, oh wait, she's married already? Because it, you know, it felt like a teenager living with her parents. And then yeah. it's like, oh no, she did almost get away, or she thought she was going to get away, and she's still trapped here. And I hate him for that. I hate Howard for that. Um, yeah. So it turns out that the, the, the soldier husband is actually the husband <laughs> from the from X, and from X. <laughs> that tells you that this little final scene where he comes back from the war and he comes in and he sees the dead parents, and she's <laughs> you know, standing there saying she's happy he's home. Because, you know, her final line before he comes back is, to quote her mother, is, uh, I'm making the best with what I have. Like, that's her, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's what the mother said to her, is you don't want things, you make the best with what you have, and that's what she's doing. Um, <laughs> what's funny is that having seen X, we know that he, like, supports what she is, and helps oh, yeah. her with the killing, and it's a oddly romantic relationship and sexual mm-hmm. relationship for a pairing where... You know, he does just come back. Like, all I can, like, there almost is room for a whole other movie here where we see how he turns into like being okay with this. That, yeah, that's why I was kind of curious, like, if they ever wanted to do. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, that everything's like in the X universe, but you could almost have like Pearl as its own separate, yeah, you know, like series or, or whatever. So, or like, just just call yeah. it Howard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Howard. Actually, the, yeah, like Howard it, the cock. <laughs> that's pretty good uh but yeah i think that there's gonna at least definitely be a little bit more room to you know even though he's not as big a character yeah as pearl was in x i feel like like um yeah it'd still be interesting maybe to see a little bit of yeah uh how he got this way or how 
he was okay with it or you know whatever they had to do to kind of yeah i'm not even saying i I want it per se but i just i think there is potentially enough story to like tell like how does he become okay with this to the point where he's willing to do this with her and that he does actually genuinely love her uh and it does put a different spin on their relationship from x as well knowing that it started out with her just kind of faking that she cared about him because she (laughs) wanted to get away like you know this was like a a marriage of like convenience it was a marriage right, of yeah. you know something she wanted rather than because she actually felt things for him then you compare that to what the relationship is like you know i guess in a way that she did make the best with what she had and that she actually ended up loving her husband at least that's what it seemed like an ex so yeah uh that's kind of interesting actually but uh yeah the monologue's great it kind of it kind of feels like the the fact that the actor was involved in like the creation process and you know produced the movie and all that it does kind of feel like she's like I want to show my chops I want to, <laughs> I want an uninterrupted eight minute monologue where I get to just act and people yeah. are going to be floored and what's so funny about it is obviously that takes a lot of effort from her as an actor but mm-hmm. as far as like movie making goes it's the cheapest shot like it, well, not even just the cheapest shot <laughs> it is the cheapest eight minutes of making a movie ever because literally all you have in the background is an out of focus wall like th- <laughs> yeah. that's it like it's just her face like this is the cheapest shot to actually make the cameraman's not even having to move anything it's a stationary shot like this is the e- for everything else in the movie this is the easiest mm. shot there's no editing to do there's no movement there's no work on set yeah. it's just all you don't on have to worry about cgiing any mustaches out of <laughs> off of her <laughs> oh they did that's what makes it most impressive Tim oh yeah <laughs> she shot this whole movie with a mustache it was because it was November you see oh yeah <laughs> she let it grow in so <laughs> obviously that's a, a Justice League joke <laughs> if anyone didn't get that but <laughs> I like how that explains it for anyone who doesn't doesn't know it well enough <laughs> like, what do you mean Justice League it's a whole thing just go with it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, and then even even the final shot, uh, it, it, the credits play out over her face as she just sort of stands there, sort of smiling <laughs> awkwardly and crying. It's it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's a little funny. It doesn't last the whole credits though. It lasts yeah. you know a good chunk of them, and all I could think was is she kept doing it as long as she could, and this was the longest take, so that's why they eventually do the uh, the circle, you know, the black circle closing in to finish it. Yeah. I can only imagine that they that this was the longest version she did, and they they used it but that was it like so which is still impressive don't get me wrong it lasts a while it's a long shot yeah (laughs) just holding in her face switching between emotions like fake happiness and inner pain and tears i think it's like a couple of times yeah like tears start coming down i was i'm wondering if they were like real tears just from like holding (laughs) your face that long like uh and she has blink a couple times it's it's not it's not a no blinking thing but that's okay that's not what we're here to judge on uh Uh, so so a couple of things uh so one with the uh Mm sister-in-law you know when when they're talking uh, at the table um do do you think that she actually did get the part um in the dance troupe or do you think she was kind of just like you know when pearl was getting angry and saying like don't lie to me i know you got it like do you think she was just trying to kind of count like do whatever she wanted you know go along with whatever she said and be like okay yeah i did <laughs> yeah for for the context here so when she got turned down they said oh we've got a bunch of girls like you already we want like a, a like a young blonde american all american girl mm-hmm. right and she assumes that her sister-in-law is going to get the part 
and she says you know you got the part and she's like no and honestly the no sounded believable enough that i kind of just believed her so yeah. i actually did have the thought like when she says no don't lie to me damn it like, just tell me you got the part it's okay mm-hmm. um I-, I did have that thought where i went is this actually the truth or is she saying yes because she thinks she'll get angry if she keeps saying no even though that's the truth right yeah uh, yeah but I think, I don't know, she also felt genuine when she said it that I thought, ah, no, nah, she probably did then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she probably did. Maybe, maybe it works so that it's kind of ambiguous. It's like, is she lying to save her ass or mm. not? You know? It's, it's kind of... But yeah. I love that she says, it's okay, you can tell me. I'm not mad, I'm happy for you. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, got, I got the part. I'm excited for it. You always get everything you want. <laughs> that was the very next thing she said. I, and it made me laugh. Like, it's that sort of thing where she's so... She'll flip on a you know so quickly that it just it sometimes yeah. it is darkly quite funny how she'll just flip to being a psychopath instantly well, yeah i mean i think that's what's interesting both you know with her and the projectionist and stuff is like the things that they're saying they feel like in the moment that they are the right things to say that you would you know try to do to like kind of calm a person down that seems like they're on edge but you know neither one uh it ends up working out for them like it just kind of <laughs> makes her angry and, and maybe she would get angry at like you know anything you say um so maybe there's no winning but yeah it's kind of funny <laughs> it's just yeah it's done really well at the end because she actually makes it out the door but then pearl just like casually starts walking after with the axe and it's, this it, is a really good shot like yeah. I, I i love this whole sequence and like yeah the camera is you know basically just following them down the road um yeah it's or one, i guess they're kind of following the camera or whatever yeah it's one shot looking at the sister-in-law so she, she's trying to walk away quicker and it turns into more of a run and pearl's walking up behind her so we, we're just looking at the front of her the entire time like going back down this road uh and yeah it's, it's very well done but you, you feel peril coming for you <laughs> basically uh yeah I, yeah yeah it's, it's got these like really standout sequences and it is more of a character piece but it did have more production value than i thought it might because it was like just sort of mm. like hey let's make this movie but you know it had like a, an old school car it, it had because even the uh the the theater that she goes to admittedly it's not much of a, a place but like the, the scene in the alleyway where she first meets the projectionist um mm-hmm. like i noticed that the, you know, the the vivid color scheme like all the pipes in this alleyway were all different colors which there's mm-hmm. no way they just found that, that, that there, was, yeah. there, there was no way that was just an alleyway somewhere that has all these bright colored pipes like they they at the very least painted some pipes to give it the color scheme that they wanted yeah uh, <laughs> if not something else but i like it did a good job of never making me feel like i was watching something that was like struggling for money even though i can't imagine it had that much of a budget either <clears throat> yeah i mean especially you know well i i think the big thing is like they they were able to save money because they're using like you know the same crew in the same location so like you know that definitely helped but yeah you'd still need you know some money yeah there, <laughs> to... was, the, there was still other things there you know uh the is there is there a, nah there's no uh budget listed on imdb sadly um, I think I would imagine though, like X probably didn't have like a super big budget, so I don't know oh, if it's just all, like, no. if, you know, if it was what, just that, the fact of like that's the oh, weird sorry. thing. If anything, X feels like the cheaper movie because it needs yeah. less. Like, <laughs> pr- I mean, it has like an old school van, I guess, but like it, it feels like it needs less things to make it look authentic. So yeah, yeah. so uh, but maybe like it was so low budget that like it wasn't that big of a deal to be like, all right, let's just throw them another like million or whatever to make the second one i don't know yeah what's interesting uh, is that this had a different aspect ratio to x um uh, which 
so X was like uh, 1.85 to 1, give or take, which is a ratio that was really common, especially more going out of the 80s than... But it was, but it's, it's kind of similar to uh, Texas Chainsaw, which is like, like 1661 and stuff like that. And I thought that was an intentional choice. So I noticed at the start of this one, it went wider to the, you know, the, the, the scope kind of widescreen. I was like, oh, they're going for more of a cinematic thing. What's interesting, though, is that if anything, I would have done the opposite because I'd have went 4 by 3 if they could go gotten away with it because movies at that time were in 4 by 3 But they, they instead went for the, the more cinematic to make it feel more like a dream yeah. by our standards rather than the character standards. So I get, what, I get why the choice was okay. made. Uh, so I'd be curious to see what Maxine ends up being because I know that mm-hmm. 185 was definitely more common in the 80s uh, than the other ratio. So we'll see, mm-hmm. but... Um, one one thing that we really didn't talk about, and I mean, I don't know if there is much to talk about, but uh, <clears throat> the fact that they do like the whole thing with the uh, was it the like influenza that was going around? Oh, no, that's just worth talking about. Yeah, so basically, they picked a time period where there was actually a pandemic going on. So there's a lot of references <laughs> to a pandemic and wearing a mask and not wanting to catch something, and this was effectively made during the pandemic. So. It's kind of funny, actually, because I just watched uh, Glass Onion, like, just before Christmas, and oh, nice. yeah. that was set during the pandemic, and they actually do a lot of pandemic references in it, you know, where they're wearing masks and stuff, and they're referencing that they're all in lockdown, and so it's just interesting <laughs> that this sort of does it as well, but from the the tactic of, no, we're going to set it in the past in a different pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was, like, an interesting idea, but it just... I don't know, it didn't really feel like it went anywhere other than, like, characters referencing it, which, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, because, you know, it gives it, like, a little extra flavor and, and stuff to, um, you know, be that specific, but I don't know, it, like, to me, it's like, well, it doesn't seem like there was, like, a larger context or anything to it. I guess what is that if you're setting it in 1918 anyway, because that's when your movies, mm-hmm. like, you know, it fits timeline-wise, then maybe it's just a coincidence, and they went, hey, there was a pandemic then, we should... yeah make some references because it's kind of relevant right now uh two i mean the way it played into the characters more than anything was it played into the uh like the mother's like protective thing where she's like hey you can't go there or you you went somewhere public today uh like the the movie theater when she finds out she went to the theater she's like oh you have to go sleep in the barn for like the night to make sure you don't have any symptoms so i don't get sick i i don't know if it's this, this idea that the mother is like doesn't actually care about the pandemic per se but she's using that as an excuse to try and keep her daughter away from other people so that oh, she, sure, she yeah. won't be a harm to them uh kind of thing so it's almost like she's like gaslighting pearl into like yeah. like no pearl's the disease <laughs> pearl's the virus <laughs> and she's trying yeah. to keep it from other people maybe they're doing something maybe they'll try to like do a, a flippy thing like that i, I don't know maybe i'm i'm reaching there uh if anything, it's just that maybe they realized, oh shit, there was a pandemic in this time period. We should reference it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was interesting, but yeah, uh, it's just funny <laughs> to see it there and be like, oh yeah, like <laughs> you know, this is something that's happened before, uh, and it seemed like you know, pe- you know, uh, people. I don't know, like. <sighs> I don't want to get into anything. <laughs> Actually, I guess it's like too big of a discussion. <laughs> what a tease. I T- T- was bordering on a, a spicy hot take there. and <laughs> It's just I don't know, it's just funny being like, oh, yeah, like this stuff has happened before. And like, you know, hey, here's a thing like we can do the 
help mit mitigate you know mitigate things and then you know people nowadays uh, just refuse to uh, follow okay. any of this stuff <laughs> uh yeah it's just weird <laughs> yeah i mean I, 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 I don't know i don't know if anyone has like a greater thematic uh, reason for the the references to the the plague the the, the pandemic mm -hmm. um by all means uh comment and give us your thoughts and feelings on the matter uh i also like when she like keeps taking uh her dad's medicine <laughs> yeah uh also there's a really disgusting scene actually because obviously the end of the movie after she kills the, the sister-in-law before the husband gets back from war uh she gets her parents dead bodies and props them up at the dinner table mm -hmm. and uh, puts the, the the disgusting like pig from the outside on the table um, and that's, you know, where it kind of says the end and then, well, it doesn't say the end yet, but it's sort of like, it says something and then it goes to the, the sort of the epilogue with the, the husband arriving. Um, there's a really disgusting part of that when she's preparing the mother, where she's brushing the mother's hair, like her corpse's hair, and there's like bits of her scalp like coming <laughs> off with the hair and the brush. It's like, oh, yeah. that's actually quite nasty. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Come on, Pearl. Yeah. <laughs> Have you no shame? Uh, and I thought it was just like a nice visual when uh to at the audition um you know like when they were like you know telling her to, to get off the the stage but mm. uh yeah her like envisioning her like dead mother's corpse as like one of the judges uh you know just a, a nice little horror touch gives a nice oh, yeah. little well, uh, flavor to the scene when it cuts back to them the second time after she's already seen her mother uh, all four of them change like one's her father mm -hmm. one's a projectionist and one's her husband so it's like oh, yeah. all of her relevant characters are are suddenly the judges and that's who's telling her she's a failure it's the people in her life who have been saying she can or can't do this stuff uh are the ones that are the judges ultimately uh so i, I think i think that's the, that's the idea there is that you know she feels so defeated and rejected and she's been saying all movie like oh my mother like will learn that i actually am special that i can do things and then she's just had this like you know slap of reality and she feels like that's who's really judging her in this moment is all these people who said she couldn't do it or in her mind pretended that she could do it but didn't really mean it i.e the projectionist uh or let her down the husband so on so on so uh that's yeah, a fun little moment yeah uh no it's good it's a good little movie honestly like it's, it's a nice little <laughs> Uh, character piece, good good direction, good performance from Mia Goth. Uh, it enriches the the backstory of the character for the other film, but its real strength is that it's so different. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was good. So, uh, Tim, what are you uh, rating Peril out of ten? <clears throat> uh, I think I'll give it a give it an eight out of ten. Um, yeah, uh, especially after the second watch, you know, my my feelings for it. Um, went a bit higher but uh yeah it's a really nice little um you know <laughs> uh side piece to x that's you know just <laughs> like a very different uh style but you know again it works and informs a, a lot of the character that we see in that movie and um yeah it, it's a nice character study there's um some really cool interesting moments um and but uh yeah it doesn't like skimp on the kind of the horror or the freakiness of you know not even like you know the necessarily the violent scenes but just like the you know like the whole scarecrow scene is just like you know such a, like a weird kind of otherworldly thing that there's like a, a creepiness factor uh 
there, which is nice. So it definitely yeah, a very solid movie. Yeah, that's Scarecrow scene, and then obviously the ending when she's propping up the dead parents. It really does feel like it's the girly version of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a character who's willing to like use dead bodies for stuff and is like doing weird. St- yeah, like it feels like this is a more girlified but still very much demented Texas Chainsaw style character, sort of being Actually, born. <laughs> yeah, that's another. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's kind of another thing. Like where, um, it would be kind of cool to see this become like a, a bigger franchise with you know. Uh, maybe you don't need like 12 movies or whatever but you know get a couple more movies just because you know there's not a lot of horror where like the main you know villain is like a, a female so it'd be kind of interesting you know to have this you know kind of female representation uh in horror i think <coughs> oh yeah tr- tr- truly the uh the, the the poster child for for equality is <laughs> a woman can be an axe murderer too a deranged yeah. cannibal axe murderer sex fiend yeah hey you know a woman can kill horny teens at a summer camp just as easily as any deformed hulking male figure can yeah which I'd probably have sex with them first, like because and actually tries to have sex with one of them, and obviously the guy's like, "Hey, what the That's hell? Are you, what, what are you doing? You're like, hey. and it does it does make me assume that as she's luring victims when she's younger, mm. that she probably did have sex with a lot of the victims up until they sort of stop wanting to at some point, sure. you know, yeah, uh, whenever whenever that might have been. Uh, so it's almost like a really dark, demented look at like uh, the the idea of like beauty and age and like losing it. i mean it already kind of was an, an ex but just from that perspective of the idea of like you know at a certain point she stopped being desirable to to young men and like the the depressing side of that if, if, if indeed that is depressing uh, to you but uh, clearly it's the pearl she put a lot of stock into being young and beautiful and remembering her glory days that's a big part of x uh, oh well uh so yeah well my written i i um, yeah, I think I agree with the eight. I think it's really solid. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's not a lot to can complain about. It's a really good character piece. Yeah, uh, some good standout moments, standout monologue. I uh, love the touch of her walking on the X at the audition. Uh, just really nice. So, uh, yeah, good. And it went in really quick as well. You know, I've been watching so many like two hour plus movies recently, including horror mm-hmm. films. That it was nice to just <laughs> have a nice hundred minute, tightly paced film. It's also nice because I feel like, you know, a lot of times we'll we'll play catch up like at the end of the year, beginning mm. of a new year, you know, trying to catch all the, the movies from the previous year like that we didn't get to. And a lot of times I feel like they're usually like the more worse kind of annoying movies that like we didn't want to go out to theaters to see or whatever. Uh, so it is kind of nice, though, like the last couple of weeks, I feel like we've been doing like a pretty good crop of stuff that. Yeah, you know, no. Been fun. And. You know, a lot of the other middling stuff we just kind of watched separately and talked about on even more streams, which is yeah. uh, the bonus show you can get on Patreon uh, at the $5 tier, if you want to hear us. Mm-hmm. It's not on just now. It's off until Tim's back from uh, having a second kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like Arnold and Junior, Tim's uh, giving birth uh, mm-hmm. later this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So good luck with that, Timmy. <laughs> Um, but no uh, that is our thoughts on Pearl so by all means let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below Mm -hmm. Uh, you can like subscribe ding the bell for notifications and of course you can support all the content as I said over at patreon.com slash mailfuzz tv 
and get some bonuses. There's bonus episodes. Uh, again, not new ones right now until Tim's back uh, sometime late in the year. But mm. there's a back catalogue of bonus episodes. There's a back catalogue of even more streams. Plus there's new bonus content for the other movie shows from Alephaz Movies, such as the Atomic Cinema Experiment, our sci-fi movie podcast, mm. and the Collector's Cut, which is the show I did with David, where we work through franchises and sort of seasons of t- uh, movies. So we're we're doing uh, 70s disaster movies throughout January, which is probably done by the time you get this. But, you know, so nice little season of reviews to go check out. And, uh, you know, so look, look check out all the other stuff. Uh, rate is on your, pod- if- your podcast app of choice. Yeah, and, and if you haven't heard, uh, you know, those even more Screams episodes before, uh, like, you know, they're, it, it's, they're not like necessarily like uh, of the moment, like you can still go back and listen to it and enjoy them. Like, you know, we'll do, usually have like a little quiz or something and then like, you know, talk about random movies we've seen, but they're not always like, you know, brand new movies or whatever. So if people are worried about oh, no. you know, them being too timely and stuff, you can still listen to them even if, uh, yeah, you yeah. haven't before. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's just our quick sort of spoiler-free thoughts on a lot of different random horror movies that we've been watching uh, off-show, so. And we uh, usually go into tangents and stuff, and they're, they're pretty meaty episodes, like, you know. I think yeah. <laughs> the idea to do them was to just do, like, quick, like, 30-minute things, but I think they usually end up being, like, over an hour, hour and a half long. Yeah, it ended up being more of, like, a casual monthly ca- uh, catch-up <laughs> than it was yeah. the quick thing, but, yeah. Uh and there's a show called Meltdown that me and Tara do, similar idea mm-hmm. with other genres of movies. Uh, also on Patreon at the $5 tier. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'll just take a time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Treisman. Uh, thank you to those all for being some of our higher tiers. But thank you to all of our patrons and YouTube members and anyone who just watches and listens to the content. All of it does help. Uh, also check out the Discord. Link in the description. Check us out on social medias at Screams Midnight. Yep, that's about us. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time.